0: Hello, 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 and welcome to episode 39 of Break the Cycle with me, your host, Joshua Smith. I hope everyone is having a wonderful Wednesday night. I'm stoked to have a day off of work, which, you know, as you know, wasn't something that was happening very often uh, for the last couple months. So I am super excited. Uh, let's start off with some sponsors. Of course, we have Laurenzotti.coffee for all your delicious Italian coffee needs delivered directly to your door. Bring the taste of Italy home. Use BTC at checkout for a 10% discount. And my friend, my partner in crime on Break the Cycle, TopLobster.com for all your wonderful graphic uh, design needs. He's the one who made this awesome Tower Gang shirt, hashtag Tower Gang, if you're familiar. And, of course, the Break the Cycle pillow from Couch Dreams that you can bring home and cuddle with during the show. Use BTC at checkout for a 10% discount. And executive producers, AnthemPlanning.com for all your emergency crisis planning needs. Definitely check them out. Wonderful people. Mises Caucus. Uh, I believe the owner became the chair of Delaware recently, I think, I don't know. I wasn't paying super close attention, but I'm pretty sure that's what happened. Anyways, guys, we have an awesome show for you tonight, I'm super stoked. Uh, She's a good friend of mine, we've been friends for a long time, we've worked together very closely over the last several years, and she is running to be the new chair of the Libertarian National Committee, Mises-endorsed Angela McArdle. How you doing tonight, ma'am?
1: I am doing great. Thanks so much for having me on.
0: Of course, of course. I'm very, very happy to have you on. So why don't we just start off with uh, why, in God's name, do you want to be chairman or chairwoman of the Libertarian National Committee, knowing that it's an unpaid job and nothing but a headache?
1: Well, I just think that... Like I have like a pinata fetish and I just want to be the the libertarian pinata. I just want to take abuse. I want uh, haters to beat me until candy falls out of my mouth. But aside from that, you know, the National Party's failure to rebuke the lockdowns is what inspired me to run. It was it was just disgusting and disappointing and upsetting. And I want to see the Libertarian Party I'd like us to meet the bare minimum standard of opposing uh, forcible house arrest and lack of due process for pretty much most of the people in the country. I'd I'd like us to meet that standard, and I'd like to lead us there. And that is the biggest thing that inspired me to run as chair for the National Party.
0: Nice, nice. Why don't you give us a little of uh, of your background as far as, how you came to Liberty. So everyone's got this crazy story and it almost always involves Ron Paul. Right. But what is your story? Why are you here uh, fighting for Liberty in the United States?
1: Oh, it's like a play in three acts. I don't think it's particularly fascinating. You know, when I was like 17, I had a conversation with a guy who was a, he was like an older, like rocker dude in the community. We were just talking about politics and I was telling him, Oh, I'm like a Republican. I'm a Republican, even though I'm not old enough to vote. And I don't know what I'm talking about. Isn't that most Republicans? They don't know what they're talking about. Oh, I'm like a Republican. But you know, I I don't think people should go to jail for smoking weed. And I don't really care that much about gay marriage. Like it seems like from a social conservative viewpoint, wouldn't wouldn't people want gays to get married and behave conservatively? And he said, Oh, well, you sound more like a libertarian than a conservative. So I said, Oh, great. I'm a libertarian. You know, that sounds, uh, Liberty. That sounds, you know, close to Republican, whatever, good enough. So that was, you know, me for several years. And then I read the creature from the, the creature from Jekyll Island. And that book, like red pilled me and gave me like this worldview imploding moment where I thought everything I know is wrong. And, and you know everything about the financial system it's going to collapse we're all going to die the government is a lie Uh, so that sort of woke me up to like real libertarian issues not just sort of this i'm a libertarian you know uh, i don't trust the government all the way and some of its laws are bad kind of thing and it was after that that i got turned on to the ron paul movement and I realized, whoa, there's like a movement of people who care about the stuff that I care about. I'm not just like this one paranoid person floating out there in the world by myself, you know, freaked out after reading this book. So that was how I became libertarian. And then after that, you know, I got involved by attending meetups at the Pasadena, the, the local LP meetups and got plugged into the community and then eventually got roped into running for Congress by Ted Brown, the former California LP chair. So it was like a very long process for me. It It was over 10 years of getting like really like more and more steeped in libertarianism, meeting people, getting more educated, reading more books about it, you know, not just being like the paranoid like weirdo, you know, screaming about the Federal Reserve. I joined the community of paranoid weirdos screaming about the Federal Exactly.
0: Group. We are a community of weirdos that are worried about the Federal Reserve. Absolutely. But you bring up a really good issue. You're, you're a Californian. I am what I like to call a recovering Californian. I now live in Iowa. I no longer live in the Bay Area of California. But uh, I left California five minutes before they instituted the 24-hour lockdown back in March of 2020. and uh, And... I'm on the LNC. Now, as an at-large on the LNC, you know just as much as I do, I have no power whatsoever to craft the message for the Libertarian National Committee. But I did scream it from the rooftops that these lockdowns were bullshit. Uh, the the, the government-backed like back tyranny that has been handed to us on a silver platter should have been the number one issue for the last year for the Libertarian Party. Uh, it's everything that we stand against completely, 100%, and we just fail Completely flat. What would you have done had you been the chairperson of the national committee?
1: So, there's what I could do as chair if I was dealt a shit hand of uh, having an ineffective LNC board where a majority of people don't want to speak out against the lockdowns. And then there's what I would do if I had a cooperative uh, national committee. If I had a cooperative national committee, that would be great. You would see messaging. Coming, you know, from the LP, you would see really good social media takes. You would see uh, messages coming out from the communications director, you know, to the extent that I have control over that. You would be seeing the Libertarian Party speak out against the lockdowns unapologetically every single day and also highlighting the lockdowns in different states and the different issues that they've got and the federal federal issues that wrap up into that um, you know, but what would I do if I became chair and I didn't have the support from the from the committee? If I was just kind of hamstrung? You can still send out messages opposing the lockdowns as a message from the chair. When you get on the phone and call donors, which is something you're supposed to do as chair, you can talk about lockdowns. You can talk about it from your social media. You can blast it all over the place. You can appoint as many people as you're allowed to to various committees to try to balance out You know, the ineffectiveness of the rest of the LNC. There's there's so much that could be done. Um, It's really disappointing that it wasn't done over the last year. But that's what I would do. You know, you can talk about it from a due process perspective too. everybody was denied due process. Business owners were just shut down. They didn't get to go to court. They didn't have a fight over it. Landlords who everyone likes to hate on. You know, they've they've had their income taken away from them now in, in California for over a year. There, there are so many people that you could reach out to on this and so many coalitions you could, should build. I think that the chair should be spearheading that and at least, you know, motivating and guiding people. Sure. That's I, what I hope to do in the future.
0: Yeah, and I agree. And I think, you know, look, uh, I ran against Joe Bishop-Pinchman last year. You know that. Um, and I disagree fundamentally on the way he that he runs the board and and the direction he wanted to take the party. I don't dislike Joe Bishop Hinchman though. He's like a nice person. I mean, his husband sent us a new baby blanket for our baby. I mean, they're really sweet, nice people. Uh, we just are, he's very blue he's very blue pilled. I think that he's very blue pilled and uh, thankfully, we come from a sect of of libertarianism that is not at all blue pilled. Uh, We are very untrusting of the government and we're definitely not going to go along with their bullshit tyranny that they're uh, putting out now. So um, I think that, you know, he comes from a part of the party that unfortunately thinks that um, we were doing the right thing as far as locking people in their homes. And, and, uh, you know, now these forced, you know, these these talks of all kinds of forcing of, of medical tyranny and stuff like that as well. is just insane to me. Um, is that something that you're worried about, the, the, uh, the forced medical tyranny in California? Is that something that you guys are gonna be facing?
1: Oh, we're already facing it. In 2014 or 2015, California passed a bill called SB 277 that yep. mandated uh, all vaccinations for children in public and private schools And you could not get a religious exemption, and it made it almost impossible to get a medical exemption. So we're already we've already dealt with this. And State Senator Pan is the one who's spearheading it. And he's an incredibly corrupt and morally bankrupt individual. So, you know, we've already got that. And I'm sure that we're going to be seeing Well, we're already seeing to a small scale. Local municipalities talk about pushing. Uh, COVID passports, trying to push that kind of crap. There've been a few businesses that have gone viral for putting out vaccinated customers, welcome to eat indoors, everyone else outside. Yeah, we're we're already there. And, you know, as disgusting as it is in California, don't blame you and plenty of other people for leaving. California is like a canary in the coal mine. Gotta be really careful because the saying is, so goes California, so goes the nation. And I think it's true. Sure. you know I'd, I'd like to see a secession movement happen and and that sort of stuff but my biggest fear is you know all this crap that's happening in California, mandatory vaccinations, lockdowns, crazy government that, that is coming for the rest of the country. Yeah
0: except for Iowa thankfully. I live in a place where our, our governor has uh, now made mask mandates illegal. Completely. She signed it into law an hour after the the legislator vote. And then now she's saying she'll use executive order or uh, legislative process to uh, make the passports illegal as well. So, you know, there are some states out there that are holding on to a little bit of what we would like to see happen. Um, It's few and far between as far as most states go, though. There's no doubt about it. Uh, As far as I as far as I'm concerned, it's it's North Dakota, Texas, Iowa and and Florida. Um, But hopefully hopefully uh, more states will pick up that. But I, you know, who knows? And it's they're going to be incentivized not
1: so. to. But as long as as long as uh, California people keep moving out and taking their crap politics with them, hey, it's like no one is safe.
0: I brought the good politics with me to Iowa.
1: You know what I mean? You brought the good politics, but but my neighbors, the other people I know, they're moving out. You know, Arizona. Arizona is a big place that sure. they're going. Arizona's lost. Um, yeah, it's really frightening. They they complain about all of the the garbage heaps and the homelessness crisis and what a disaster the cities are. And then they move out and they just vote the same stupid policies in. So protect Iowa, make Iowa close borders.
0: Absolutely. Well, and you know, the the funny thing is, is, uh, for people who don't know anything about governor Gavin Newsom, uh, he was the mayor of San Francisco and completely destroyed that city. I mean, that city... You know, I grew up 30 minutes away, less than 30 minutes away from San Francisco. We used to love going there. It was beautiful. You know, it smelled like the sea. It was great. Now it smells like shit. There's hypodermic needles everywhere. It's just a giant shithole. And it's created... It was created in that image by Gavin Newsom. And instead of saying, you know, that guy really fucked up that city, they said, "Uh, yeah, that guy really fucked up that city, but let's vote him in as governor of the entire state and see if we can't get that on the state level.
1: It's like california operates like a dilbert cartoon we have it's like comical slapstick levels of incompetence and people get promoted for it it's i don't really understand it you know it's an interesting phenomenon that happens in the corporate world and we see it happen in politics too someone embarrasses themselves and makes such a fool like garcetti you know just turns a beautiful vibrant metropolitan area into a shithole like a like as bad as the worst third world country like an open air asylum and people say well gee i mean he got you know we 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 voted him in because we know he's he's quite capable of doing something good maybe this just isn't a good fit for him let's promote him upwards that'll probably cure it you know then we'll really show everyone you know, it'll be his time to shine. It makes no sense. It's so irrational.
0: Sure, sure, yeah. And definitely, like, well, and, and it was the same with Jerry Brown, too, right? Jerry Brown had yep. a, a couple of decent things, actually. He was pretty fiscally conservative for, you know, who he was. Um, but he had, had actually been had to, been forced to step down from governor, mm-hmm. uh, what, like oh, a couple decades ago. And, then, yeah, and then fast forward two decades, and they voted him back in for two terms after being forced to step down for bad shit. They voted him back in for two terms. I don't know what's going on in California. It's pretty crazy, but uh so let's let's talk a little bit more about your chair run here. I mean, that's really I think that's what everybody wants to know. You know what I mean? You're Oh yeah. um what are you know, as as a former candidate for chairman of the Libertarian National Committee and somebody who's been on the National Committee now in my second term thinking about doing a third term, I'm not sure on, only to, solely to piss off the nerds. Uh what what is your platform? I mean, what is it that you want to see that national committee, uh, uh, get done?
1: Oh, well, I think the the biggest thing is we've got to change messaging. We need to dramatically improve messaging. We need to increase our membership. I know that there are certain people in the LNC who don't value membership. And I, I just fundamentally disagree with that. Our current chair. And yeah. And we, uh, we need to we need to broaden our donor base. You know the the LNC meeting just happened. I was there for the second half of it, and I looked at the financials and you know, I want to give credit where credit is due. I'm glad that fundraising has increased a little bit, but it's not in a good place. And you know, it's difficult. I don't want to like shut all over people for making an improvement, but At the same time, I'm kind of disgusted that we're patting ourselves on the back for, what, a little less than $10,000 was raised from an email campaign that was sent out condemning the insurrection at the Capitol. Right. And then we want to celebrate that as our biggest fundraising push so far this year. It's kind of embarrassing. Very embarrassing. You know? I'm, I'm embarrassed when I see that and everyone's like, good job, good job. And I'm just like, okay, well, I'm glad we made some money, but I don't know if, you know, we should be popping champagne over this.
0: Right. Well, and they, they made this big, uh, this big stink over how much better we're doing now. And, and then Aaron and, I, Aaron Adams and I and John Phillips looked at the actual numbers. It's only like $3 more per member of the national party. It's literally the. That's how much better we're doing right now. $3 more per member. And that's nothing. And a lot of that is new membership from the Mises Caucus. Yes. I and be- there's no,
1: there's never a mention of that. Of course never not. Never a mention
0: of, of course not. They, they start handing out all these accolades and all this great stuff. And it's like, I wanted to scream, like, I brought in 2,000 new members last year. Where's my accolades? Where's the accolades for the Mises Caucus and Dave and Tom Woods bringing in new members? You know what I mean? They don't they don't talk about that shit. They all want to they all okay. want to act like it's their little bullshit emails that make all the money. That's just certainly not the truth. It's it's the membership. It's, Absolutely.
1: It's the the fundraising right now. All of the campaigns that I've seen are very uninspiring. I think we should inspire people. I think we will raise more money if we have better messaging, if we are consistent, if we touch on you know, serious issues that people actually care about that are right in our faces right now. Uh, I think we're going to make more money. I think we're going to grow membership. I I don't know why that's so controversial and scary, but you know, that's what I'm here for. Sure. That's what I want to see
0: happen. Yeah, I definitely agree. Let's uh let's check. We got some super chats. I want to check with right, real quick. Matt uh, Matt Lally, thank you for the uh, for the super chat. He said, "Can you ask Angela about LP on Bitcoin? What are your feelings on Bitcoin, Angela?" For the party.
1: Well, the liberty sure the libertarian party does take bitcoin donations so i mean i think that's great i'd like to see the lp talk about bitcoin a little bit more Uh, we don't necessarily talk about that i guess enough Uh, to be fair though we don't talk about a lot of things very often you know like we just don't talk much the social media is not that active i don't think there's any articles about bitcoin on the website you know we could definitely improve that and I would like to see a little bit more outreach to the Bitcoin community.
0: Sure. Well, you know, uh, before, during my first run for chair in two thousand seventeen, uh, Michael Heiss and I and uh, Preston Smith, who was one of the guys that helped found Nexus Earth, uh, we showed up to get a, um, a crypto, uh, uh, sorry, a, a crypto group made in the party, like a committee. And we actually got Mm -hmm. it passed, but then Nick was able to populate that committee. And he populated it really badly, and it never really went anywhere. And it was supposed to be focusing on how to use blockchain in the party for party processes, but also how to outreach more to the crypto community. Because I ran on a platform that was like, yo, we need to really be reaching out to the crypto community. I think the crypto community is one of the most important communities in the United States, in the world, for libertarians, because these are largely young, rich libertarian minded people who are investing in a uh uh a currency that is decentralized and circumvents the, the federal government so i i would hope personally that when you do become chair you do take a a more uh, staunch role in bringing the crypto community into the into the party for sure
1: yeah absolutely uh
0: let's see uh reed Coverdale, thanks for the super chat he said angela has my support nice uh quest fanning says reed fanning says either of you would be worlds better as LP chair than these past couple of, er, individuals, inspirational, honest, positive, and practical. Thank you, sir. And then, uh, we got a new one from Danny AI. This is, I definitely, this was one I was going to bring up with you anyway. So he, he said, Josh Angela, what do you think about the Liberty unity movement and those within the party that call Tom Woods, Dave Smith, disparaging names. So well, this is a two part question. Uh, it is a big super chat. So thank you. $20 super chat. I appreciate you, Danny. Um, Let's start with the unity movement. That's something that's being yep. that's something that's being pushed hugely right now. I've made it, I've made it very clear that I am anti unity with, with the blue pill slanderous nerds in the party. Uh, I, it's not that I want to throw them out of the party, but I definitely want them to take a back seat in everything that we do as a party. And I don't want them to have control, especially of the messaging anymore, which is happening less and less as we, as we go over. And we'll talk more about that, obviously with some of these state pages, but, um, but I do, I do appreciate what people like Reed Coverdale are doing, where he's saying no, no unity with these, uh, you know, he calls them bitch fuck cucks or whatever. Uh, but, but he does think that you know libertarians and liberty movement in general should be um, uniting. Where are you on the liberty uh, unity movement?
1: I, I think the people who are, most of the people, you no, know, the ones that I know that are pushing big for liberty, unity are great guys. And I appreciate their involvement and their support. Um, And I think that the Libertarian Party does need more unity in general. But I'm not sure how I'm supposed to unify with someone who calls me a Nazi, an internalized misogynist, a white supremacist, Um, someone that thinks I should be thrown in a volcano, dipped in acid, or have my body broken in half over your head. That was a really weird one. Over my head. So, yeah. (laughs) I'm not not really sure. How does that work? How do I unify with people who hate my guts and want something bad to happen to me? True. How does that, I mean... And then here's, here's my other issue with it is it's sort of like, I guess a good analogy maybe is like bullying on the playground. Like you see someone getting picked on and ignoring a bully and ignoring a bully and ignoring a bully for weeks. Right. And then the bully like takes it too far and you see the kid like flip out and punch the dude in the face. And then what does the teacher do? Teacher comes in and is like, you guys got to stop fighting. I don't care who started it. Actually, it's kind of important who started it. If someone has been harassing you and tormenting you and making your life miserable, picking on your kids, doxing your family for months or years and you're supposed to, and then someone else comes and says, I think you guys should patch things up. Uh, yeah, okay, I'm open to gratuitous apologies. right? But I, it doesn't make any sense. To unify with someone who is hell bent on destroying you.
0: Sure. Now, I agree with so, you. So, you know, my. And, and, right? and I want to bring this up. You know, yesterday, Jackie Perry was uh, unanim- almost unanimously, except for the chair uh, uh, abstained because she was part of the, the, the what was going on. Sure. But Jackie Perry was removed from membership in the Libertarian Party of New Hampshire. Um, now, if anybody has followed Jackie Perry at all for a long time, they know that pretty much all of us have been called Nazis by her repeatedly. Uh, I've been called an abuser. I've been called a deadbeat dad. I've been called uh, somebody who can't keep a job. All these crazy things. So yesterday when she was removed from New Hampshire, I, I took a victory lap. Okay? I'm excited about yep. it. I'm not at all mad yep. about it. I do not want unity yep. with those kind of people, those slanderous yep. fucking assholes. I don't, want, I don't want unity with slanderous pieces of shit who use lies and deceit to try and, and bury their political opponents in the same party. Mind you, it's, um, yeah. And so, so anyways, so yeah, a bunch of people came to, to finger wag at me. Hey, hey, hey. I was like, I just went through four years of this shit. Shut up.
1: (laughs) No, there's no finger wagging when someone who behaves in such a disgusting manner is kicked out. That's good. We need to, we do need to be celebrating it because it shows that our community is accountable. This is like a real problem, I think, right now in the Libertarian Party, is everyone screams about freedom. Freedom, 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 freedom. But no one's ever willing to talk about responsibility. True. And you need to have personal responsibility and you need to hold people accountable. You need to be responsible as a com- community when people engage in that sort of disgusting behavior. Doxing, harassing people's children, uh, bringing their families up into this crap, calling people abusers and that kind of disgusting slander. Those people need to be kicked to the curb Uh, and and unity with them is a complete, complete joke. But more than that, like we need to be we need to have the balls and the self-esteem to say, like, yeah, I'm glad that that person's gone and our party is better for it. I don't think there's a lot of people that I would say that about, but she's one of them. And there are a handful of other people where I'm like, yeah, I do hope that your state party expels you. Bye.
0: I mean, I'll I'll name all of them right now. You know, what I, mean? <laughs> I have no problem. You know, I have no problem whatsoever. Uh, so, okay, so let's go on to the the uh, the the second part of that. So, the Liberty Movement, and then those within the party that call Tom Woods, Dave Smith, disparaging names. Okay, so those are all the same people. You know that I that I yeah. refuse to unite with. I mean, it's it's the people who are calling D- Dave Smith and Tom Woods. Uh, Neo-Nazis and, and Neo-Confederates And this and that and this and that Are the same people who go- went after me for the last four years And they're the same people who are going after Angela uh, Angela McArdle now I almost said Fisher Owens Which is someone that I have no problem with being removed from the party by the way In fact if you guys could find a way To remove Angela Fisher Owens from the party I I, I will come I will fly to wherever you're at and give you a big hug She's a horrible shitty person But um those are the same people And what do you, what do you think it is that makes these people do this kind of shit we know We know that it's not going to help the party we know that it's it's slanderous, lying bullshit. Um, we, we just saw a petition go up to remove Tom Woods as a speaker for a fucking breakfast at the Libertarian National Convention in 2022. We put out a new one in response to that to make him the speaker of the entire national convention. And it's already like five times the original uh, the original petition. So we know that they're more popular with bringing in libertarians to the, to the movement. Why do you think these people are so hellbent on getting rid of those kind of people?
1: trying to figure out why these people were ever attracted to libertarianism. they, As we saw during the lockdowns, they don't actually care that much about freedom. Uh, They hate personal responsibility because they never are willing to be accountable for their own words or actions. I don't really get it. It's like they're like Democrats who like Ayn Rand and love cancel culture. It's a really weird type of person. So I feel like we got to figure out like what is drawing them to the party? And I, I guarantee you, if I get elected chair, they're going to rage quit and leave because they're just going to hate it. They're just going to hate it. One can hope. <laughs> but, but, um, yeah, how do we, how do we get rid of them? What no, was the no
0: it was uh what do you, what do you think, Creed? what do you think makes them act this way? I mean, what do you, what do you think? It, do you think that, you know, for me, I think that some of them, and I've been open about this. I think some of them are, are infiltrating from either other parties or from some alphabet agency to try and cause chaos in yeah. the party. Uh, I definitely feel that about that way about the Owens. I've said in the past that I felt that way about Nick Sarwark, and and, and Scott Horton got really mad at me, really mad at me, but I still, I still feel that way. You know what I mean? I don't know why anybody know. would got... go... Yeah, he got really mad at me, but I don't know why anybody would...
1: Oh, well, he got mad at me too. Oh, yeah, I'm sure, but, but I don't know
0: why anybody would do the things that they have done unless you were trying to cause chaos.
1: Well, you know, there's this weird uh, scream at the sun, SJW vibe that they all have. They all behave that way. And so maybe they're a Fed or whatever. And everybody, you know, so half of the people think it's true. Maybe half of the people in the LP laugh it off. But when you talk to old timers in the party, they will tell you that there were absolutely like CIA people present around the founding of the party. They were very interested in what we were doing. If you look into the Black Panther movement, they were definitely infiltrated by feds and other alphabet agencies. So before we just dismiss it and laugh it off, I do think it's important to know political history of revolutionary movements, even if they're not libertarian movements, and and understand that these agencies do have a vested interest in knowing what the hell we're doing and trying to keep us from succeeding. So, you know, caveat there. I get it. We don't have evidence. I don't have Jackie Perry's contract with the with the fbi but you know these things have happened in history and we would be well advised to be aware of them short of that you know i think that we have in this country sadly raised you know like this millennial generation of people who are just hair triggered soft don't know what real struggle and adversity is like, and they've also rarely encountered real violence. And so I think that they're just completely spoiled and don't have much perspective. And that is sort of it, you know, I don't know what pulls the trigger, but that sort of, that sort of, what's the word I'm looking for? Background, it loads the gun for that kind of crappy behavior. I guess we'll it'll be difficult to know, right, if any of them are ever feds, but I'm I'm very open to the idea. I think it's very possible.
0: down at tsidpod.com or wherever you get podcasts, that's tsidpod.com because the system is down and truth is taking over.
1: I just wish I, wish I had a solid answer as to why people behave this way.
0: Sure. True, true. Well, I'm just going to go with they're all feds because it makes me sleep better at night. It's the only reason I can think of it. They're either feds or, and, and I've explained it several times. I think, you know, the libertarian for many decades has been this very small pond. And you can feel like a rock star. Yep. Like, and I, t- I, t- I talked about, you know, my, my last chair run in person, the in person convention. You guys made me feel like an absolute fucking rock star. I mean, like, I, people were chanting, break the cycle. It was insane. Mm-hmm. Like, we had the room. There was no doubt about it. It wasn't even close. We had the room. Um, and that's, that's the kind of feeling that people get uh, when they're a big name in a little party. And so if you make the party really big and you, you dilute these this these problem people's voices their voice gets much smaller they no longer feel like the rock star and now they have no more power whatever little power they had in the party and so for me it's it, it's kind of that death knell right they feel their power their whatever perceived power they have is slipping away and their voices are not going to matter anymore i mean nobody's going to be like oh i wonder what andrew andrew craig thinks about this you know what i mean like nobody's going to care anymore because the 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 pawn is no longer a pawn it's the ocean And, uh, you know, you don't, you know, when Republicans, when somebody does something fucking stupid in the Republican party, right? Like when I lived in Clark County, Washington, the, the, the chair of the Clark County GOP got caught like embezzling funds from the GOP and nobody in Florida knew about it. You know what I mean? But if that happened in one of our county affiliates in the libertarian party, the entire libertarian party would know about it within a week. And that's because it's so small. I mean, we have 15,000 national members. Of course, we have a lot of different state members and and various, but we hear about everything that's crazy that happens in this party. So if you can get a little bit of voice, everybody's going to know who you are, and that's a really cool feeling, you know. And so that's kind of been my take on it is these people are afraid to lose their, their, you know, lily pad in the pond where they get to stand up and say what they want to say, and everybody's like, yeah, good job, Andrew Craig, you're right, racism is bad, you know um so that's- how brave
1: how yeah stunning and brave to say in the year 2021 that racism is bad
0: right like that's have the you heard number one issue <laughs> it was
1: the, it was the first time i had heard about it was when i saw andy craig talk about it on social media i was like oh my wow i had never it, it never occurred to me that racism is bad Bigotry is bad.
0: Yeah. Repugnant. We have to keep saying that it's bad and repugnant over and over and over again, or no one will ever believe us in 2021 that racism is bad.
1: Libertarians are so incredibly insecure. It's, um, yeah, it's it's just simping for SJW cancel culture. It's really gross.
0: Sure. Yeah, it's definitely, it's, it's definitely become this thing where it's like, we're going to get all these leftists and Democrats to join the Libertarian Party. And you're like, no, dude, they fucking hate you. You'll be the first they person. Do. You'll be the they will line you up against the wall before they line up the Republicans. There's no doubt about it.
1: Yep. Absolutely. None my my own friends be, friends behaved that way towards me when I came out against lockdowns in California. They were just straight up like I hope you die. Oh, okay. Okay.
0: No, no, I and and I get it. I mean, I've had friends like that as well, and you know, people who are like, I've had friends on the right and the left leave me because I became a libertarian. Friends on the right that were like, "Oh, you unpatriotic asshole," and walk away from me. I'm like, I just don't want to keep bombing people overseas, man. Is really that? Is that really unpatriotic? I think that's like the most patriotic stance you could take. Is let's stop using all of our money to kill people we don't know overseas. You know, what I mean, that's pretty patriotic.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, that's, that's putting, isn't from their perspective, wouldn't that be America first? Like we're going to stop sending people off to be murdered in war.
0: Well, I think so. I don't know. I think some of the America first people aren't actually America first. They just don't realize that they're probably, uh, they're more about, they're more about going to war for reasons that they don't know than they are about America first. Um, and, and of course, you know, a lot of these people put Israel first as well, you know? (laughs) So it's, it's unfortunate, um, as, as somebody who, uh, You know, I don't talk about that a lot, but we we literally are like the armed protection for Israel in the Middle East. So, um, I don't know. It's pretty crazy stuff. Uh, They got another super chat from Matt Lally. Thank he said uh, thank you. He said if we want to get some billionaires funding the libertarian movement, we know where to find them. Bitcoin, yes, we do. Uh, Drywall O, thanks for the super chat. He just said, "Yep." I don't know. I don't know what he's what he's asking there. Um, But so so speaking of. The GOP and the Republicans, okay. Uh, f- f- two questions. One, why the Mises Caucus? Why are you Why are you so heavily involved in the Mises Caucus? What do you think they mean to the movement? And then we'll talk a little bit about the, why the Libertarian Party as opposed to the GOP, especially since I just had Tho Bishop on the show a couple days ago. So, <laughs> uh, But let's start off with the Mises Caucus. Specifically, what was it about the Mises Caucus that drew you to the caucus?
1: I just was really excited about it as soon as I saw it pop up on Facebook. It, it really blew me away because it, like my red pill into the libertarian movement was reading about the Federal Reserve. And so when I saw that there was someone who was putting together a project to bring libertarians together who were excited about Ron Paul and who wanted to chant in the Fed, that was like, oh, sign me up. That's like literally exactly why I'm here. Those are two big parts of why I want to be involved in this movement. So to me, it was just like an absolute no-brainer.
0: Sure, yeah, the Mises Caucus—it was the same for me as well. But when I joined it, it was fifty people in a Facebook group. So, <laughs> right, it's right. A, it's a whole yeah. different beast now, man. You know, it's—it's it's definitely the largest part of the Libertarian Party at this point, in my opinion. You know, um, and the numbers. I think. Yeah. Yeah. And, I think uh, our
1: numbers are really incredible and still growing, still growing.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think last time I checked, the the caucus was taken in like fifteen. What was it like almost almost ten thousand a month or something? I don't know. It's a lot. It's a lot more than it was. It's
1: when we over. Were... I think it's over fourteen k a month right okay. now.
0: Okay. Yeah, because it was. I knew it was getting close to fifteen, and and when we first, when I was first with the Caucus, we were like, "Hey, we're bringing in eight hundred bucks a month," you know. Yeah. <laughs> so, pretty cool, man. It's pretty cool to see. But so, so why the Libertarian Party? Why are you so? Uh, sure that the Libertarian Party can be the vehicle in this country. You know, I I had Tho Bishop on recently, and Tho is anti-liberty unity in general. I mean, not just in the party, but in general. He thinks that we should all be in the Republicans or the Democrats, he said. He said, if you you don't agree with the the Republicans, go in the Democrats and work for liberty from the Democrats. Why is the Libertarian Party the party that's going to get things done in the United
1: States? You know, not opposed... Hmm. How do I want to say this? I am opposed to unity with people who call me a Nazi, a fascist, a white supremacist, you know, a misogynist, all of that crap. I'm also opposed to unity with people who want to bomb brown children in the Middle East. I'm opposed to unity with people who want to jack up our deficit to the point where, you know, we're going to be debt slaves in the future or our economy is going to implode and we're going to be like Venezuela. And, I'm, I, you know, I guess being opposed to all of the rampant cancel culture that's within this, like, small leftist segment within the LP will make me naturally opposed to cancel culture that has run rampant and taken over the Democratic Party. I just don't see how I could ever be involved in either organization. I just don't. Uh, Sure, you know, like if I if you had a magic wand and you wanted to bing clean up the GOP and make it the Libertarian Party, okay, you know, but short of magic, I just don't see how that's a viable alternative to the Libertarian Party, and and it is very difficult to take over. There there are deep state people who control a lot of that stuff. It's not the same as going in to try to take over the LP. There are there are people who. Murder you if you step out of line in the GOP and the obviously the DNC So I'm not really sure how realistic it is for us to try to go and infiltrate I wish Thoe Bishop and Erica Brakey and anyone else the best of luck in cleaning up their GOP state parties It's just not something that I think is ethical and it's not something I'm interested in.
0: Sure. Sure. Absolutely So let's talk a little bit about the culture war, you know there's, there's been times where people have said you're too far right or this or that or this and that. And then you said some things about Hotep Jesus that everyone got really mad at. I had Hotep Jesus on the show. It was a good show. He said some things I didn't agree with, but it was a good show. You know, um, where, where do you stand on this on this culture war? Do you think that's a thing?
1: It's definitely a thing. It's, it's very real. I wish it wasn't. You know, I tell people that I'm not woke. I'm not anti-woke. I'm awake. That's my little... So what I mean by that is like I'm not interested in just being like a reactionary to the woke left I just want to reject it entirely and that means saying stuff that's gonna really piss them off But it also means you know that I'm not gonna be like, you know, like an alt-right own the libs kind of person either because that is I think culturally and morally you know like the wrong thing to do Um, I think that woke politics is an absolute cancer, and I don't like how it has infiltrated the LP. And I think that you can be compassionate without compromising your principles and without being like a reprehensible person that wants to cancel people because they said something offensive. I really, I really think that the Libertarian Party needs to embrace free speech a lot better than it does right now. Because now everybody's terrified to say things, you know, and and it's because we've let cam- cancel culture infiltrate our organization, and it's just really sad.
0: True, Sure. I agree. I think there's so many people in the Libertarian Party that are uh, advocate for cancer culture all the time. They want you removed from social media, and they want your, yep. you know, your. I'm sure there's plenty of people that want my show deplatformed. I'm like, I haven't even said anything very controversial on here, to be honest with you. You know what I mean? Um, have I had a couple of controversial guests on? Sure. Maybe a few you know one or two uh here and there, but how do you how do you feel about um you know do do you think that people like uh uh maj Ture and and Hotep Jesus and Dave Smith and Tom woods i mean I feel like they're pretty they they are they benefit they're a net benefit on the libertarian party. What do you think
1: they're a huge net benefit and they're all really different so Hotep is not officially associated with the LP.
0: Or any. He spoke
1: party. at the. Right, he yeah. spoke at the California convention, at our Mises Caucus event, and he, you know what he got up and said. He talked about his background. He talked about branding. He said that he loved libertarians and that he loved that we were independent thinkers. Uh, you know, he gave us advice. He was incredibly sweet and charming he talked about growing up you know like in a nice wealthy neighborhood but having family in the hood and he gave us just like a lot of interesting like background and perspective on him and how to reach out to the black community and and how to reach out to to other people too like it was just really great and there was really nothing controversial in his talk So that was kind of interesting, right? You know, people are a little like paranoid. Oh, he's going to say something offensive. Oh, he's going to. And he didn't even do that. And then I was just at the Delaware Liberty Speaks event, which is an event that they had right before their convention, and Maj spoke. And he talked to us about how to do outreach to the black community without pandering. He talked about how to do outreach to the gun rights community. He gave us a lot of valuable information. And, you know, he cracked jokes and dispelled myths about why people think he's a bigot you know it's because he has like some coarse language he has gay friends He's just he's not crappy to gay people you know but, but like i said before a lot of us are too soft you know we grew up in this culture being coddled and you know oh words are violence and that kind of nonsense so people get easily offended i don't know what the hell is wrong with anyone who insults tom woods Tom is a really good friend of mine. He is a very generous, kind person. Um,
0: He's like the biggest sweetheart I know. There's no no doubt.
1: It's like going after Tom with cancel culture. It's, it's It's to the same insane extreme as it is to dig up someone's tweets from like 20 years ago that are not even that bad. Like people are mad because he was associated with the League of the South a long time ago. Briefly, okay, briefly. let me go brief. It was very brief yeah. and it wasn't that much of an association. And it, I would love everyone to just go through their personal history and, uh, write down a list of every, not bigoted, but slightly off color thing you've ever said, and just present it on social media for us to all rip apart. Cause that's sort of what it comes down to. You have to hunt for something bad on Tom Woods, and then you have to completely blind yourself to any reputation or evidence that has given to the contrary. When when people say, "Oh, that's definitely not true." Here's the words right from Tom. Here's this. Here's that. Here's all the all this data on on Tom Woods showing how incredibly wholesome and sweet he is. And now he's not an asshole and he's not a bigot and he's not expert. They just they refuse to read read up on it, right? Like there's all this evidence that shows how great he is. You know, people who don't like Tom Woods. That's a really good litmus test to me. That's a good litmus test for for whether or not someone has um, good character. If you hate on Tom Woods, you're probably not that great of a person.
0: Sure, sure, I agree. I've had lots of interactions with Tom Woods over the last four years, and he's been just the sweetest sweetheart I've ever met. In fact, I, I, I'm very excited he's going to come on my very small show soon uh, in July, I believe the beginning of mid-July. So that's going to be a lot of fun to have Tom on. But So so, what's next for you? Traveling all over the country? Where are you going?
1: Oh, man, I'm going all over the place. I just got back from Delaware and Chicago this weekend. I'm going to Florida for their convention, and they're going to have some really great events. After that, I'm going to North Carolina. The last week of the month, I will be in Porkfest, and then I'm flying out to attend the last day of the Michigan Libertarian Party Convention on Sunday, and I'll be speaking there. So I'm I'm hitting the circuit. I have a really good... Debate at Porkfest with Jeremy Kaufman, who I actually really like about what the future of the liberty movement should be. Is it the LP or is it the Free State Project? So that's going to be a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, that'll be interesting. I have Jeremy Coffin coming on the show uh, in like two weeks as well. So that's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun. I un- I from what I understand, he is uh, he's the guy running the uh, New Hampshire page now. So is he part of? Is he part of the? He's part of the party. He's like joined the party. So it's gonna be. Oh, really, yeah. It's gonna be really interesting that having that debate. I think the Free State Project's amazing. I think we sh- There's other states we should be doing that into, but still using the party. I mean, and both of them at the same time cannot be a bad thing. Yep. Um, but what do you? How do you? Where where do you stand on some of these new based uh, uh, libertarian party state affiliate social media pages like Libertarian Party of Kentucky, Libertarian Party of Connecticut? Uh, obviously, the Li- the Libertarian Party of New Hampshire is, it has over 12 million uh, uh, people who have seen their posts over the last like three days, which is insane to think about. I mean, yeah, did they edge lord a little bit? Yeah, but if you really listen to what they're saying, it's libertarian principles. Of course we don't believe that the the government should tell kids they aren't allowed to have jobs. I had a paper route. I had two paper routes when I was nine years old. Nine. I would love for my son to be able to have a paper route and learn the value of earning your own money but I can't do that anymore because only adults can do it and you have to have a car and all this bullshit. You don't get to come home from school and be excited about wrapping up your papers and Put them in your bags and riding your bike down the street, throwing papers. And then on Friday nights, you get to go to like the telethons where you try to get new uh, subscribers to the newspaper and you win candy treats and stuff. Like you don't get to do that anymore. Where do you stand on these pages that are, are going hardcore in the paint?
1: I absolutely commend them for going for it. I think some of it needs to be a little bit more polished, but that is such a small problem compared to everything else going on, we don't need people at the national level or at the state level tearing people down when they're trying really hard to make a good difference. We need people to encourage them. We need people to back them up. And if you have criticism of something, rather than shitting all over someone for giving it a try, why don't you offer to give them help? Uh, I'm really happy to see these affiliates speak out against lockdowns and, and some of the incredibly unlibertarian policies that have taken over our country, like not letting kids you know, work. I worked as a kid too and and it was a much better way to spend my time than some of the ways some of my friends spent their time it builds character it builds money you know growing up like i was pretty poor my dad was a preacher for a small church and i needed to work sometimes to make money like i mowed lawns that's like weird you know i mowed lawns like i can't imagine going through life In that sort of financial state and not being able to work that would have been devastating to me as like a 13 year old like i wanted money you know to go out with my friends and go to a movie or go to the like school football game or or whatever like the mall so i commend uh new hampshire and lp kentucky for getting out there and getting their feet wet and it's tough too because they're dealing with a lot of haters and that i know can be really demoralizing so i encourage them to keep trying you know hone your craft look into i if i had any advice to give it would be um advice on solidifying branding and copywriting language it's not tone policing or their messaging i really i really appreciate them going out and giving it a shot
0: yeah i agree and and i think uh it's some it's definitely a big victory for us to see some of these um State affiliates doing that. But I think the biggest victory that we've seen over the last couple of months has got to be the Libertarian Party of Nevada. Um, For Exactly for anybody who's been paying attention, the Libertarian Party of Nevada couldn't say one word about any of the COVID tyranny over the last year. But they did take an entire week to shit on Ron Paul. An entire week of shitting on Ron Paul and now that entire state affiliate, every single board position has been taken by the Libertarian Party Mises Caucus. Um, and if you go to their 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 social media now, you might see it a little bit different than what it was over the last several years. You were there, right? Yes. How did that Yeah, feel? I was
1: there, it, oh boy, there was so much tension in there, like you could cut the inner knife in that room. It was intense, so, Joe Bishop Hinchman didn't show up to the convention. He was slated to speak for 10 minutes or something. And uh, he might've had food poisoning. I don't know exactly what was going on, but the rumor was that he wasn't feeling well, so he didn't show up. So I showed up and they had asked ahead of time if they would let me speak for 10 minutes. And of course the old excom said no. Mm -hmm. So we got in and I was helping them with Robert's rules, which is what I do when I go to these conventions. I help people with their nerd problems, you know, and they made a motion to have me speak. And the former chair was just like, oh, well, that's not allowed. You're not allowed to amend the agenda. They're just straight up lying and just trying to cheat. It was so bad that Alexander Di Benedetto even called them out on it and was like, oh, that's, that's allowed. You're allowed to try to change the agenda. It was shameful. So they let me speak. They let Antony Samroff speak. And once the election started, it's just rolled like, clear majority for me every single position not a single election was close and you know by the end of it it was it was good vibes you know there were a couple of people who were trying to you know they were bad vibes but that was kind of we were kind of walling them off you know just like a liberty uh, energy wall around your like bad vibes um it was incredible sure if you haven't if you haven't had any of the show i'd recommend uh, brian elliott too the the treasurer has some really interesting perspective. He's really good friends with some of the people at Reason. He's like an older guy, he's retired, and he is really on fire for the Mises Caucus. So I think that that is a really good indication that what we're doing is right. Because we're not just pulling in 20 year old edgelords. We've got retirees who have worked in like economics uh, rooting for us and saying that this is like the only viable option the, you know, that we've got to clean up the state parties and we've got to try to like, you know, protect the future of our grandchildren. So.
0: Sure. Sure. I agree. I agree fully. It was uh, definitely one of the, after, after the four years of traveling around with the Mises caucus uh, target on my back, it was so, so cathartic to see Nevada just fall. Like it was, it wasn't even a problem at all. Uh, In fact, there was somebody from, from, in 2020. So in 2020, it was still heavily run by those same people. Um, and uh, someone from the Libertarian Party in Nevada told me, you won't get one vote from Nevada. And then I got one vote from Nevada, and everyone lost their shit. They couldn't believe it. They're like, what the hell? Who did it? I know who it was. I'm not going to name any names. I don't want them to have any problems with some people they used to be friends with. But it was, uh, it was pretty, pretty cool to see that change in one year to the point of where if I was still running, I'd probably get, uh, if not the majority, uh, completely all of their delegates. You know what I mean? So yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm super stoked for you. I know, I know that you're going to do well in 2022. I'll be there to see it. Definitely. Um, I'm very excited. And if you guys aren't supporting Angela McArdle for chair of the Libertarian National Committee, what are you doing with your lives, man? Where can the great people watching this show find you at Angela?
1: You can find me at Angela McArdle.com. I post a lot of convention updates there, and you can also get some really in depth updates on my Patreon. That's patreon.com forward slash Angela McArdle.
0: Sure, sure. And and how how can the great people help you? What is the thing that what is the the most important thing for people to do to help you become chair?
1: So I've done this really interesting experiment where I know the chair position is unpaid and I don't anticipate I'm not going to ask to get paid, uh, but I did say that I would chair the party full time if I could get two thousand dollars a month on Patreon and I am more than halfway to my goal. Um, at this point, anyone who's supporting me on Patreon, the money goes basically just to my travel fund and, uh, all the other libertarian stuff that I do running LA County and so on and so forth. So that sort of support is really appreciated.
0: I started that experiment, uh, in 2020, by the way, I was going to do the same thing. That's why I started my Patreon. Then I was like, Oh, I'm going to start this, this this show as well and so i started the show i lost chair i only did like three shows audio and then i was like i need to get back to this i got people in patreon and i'm like slowly losing people in patreon i'm like oh shit but thankfully i finally got around to doing the show again and there's a lot of great people who are uh stoked to use my patreon but go and help out angela mccardle win this thing uh become a delegate man that's that's the real real important thing give give the lady your money but become a delegate go to your state party uh, sign up with your state party and learn how you can become a delegate for the Mises Caucus. They'll they'll help you out. I mean, we had uh, Airbnbs at the National Convention in Orlando last yep. year for for people who couldn't afford a hotel. I mean, the Mises Caucus will help you out if you want to become a delegate for the Mises Caucus. So definitely check that out.
1: Um, Get active. Attend, attend a county or state level meeting at least once every other month. Six times a year. That's not too much to ask. An hour of your life, six times a year. <laughs>
0: Yep, absolutely. Well, Angela, I appreciate you. You know you have my support. If Iowa will make me a delegate, uh, I need to go and get more involved with the Iowa State Party, definitely. But we have been busy, and we are definitely getting some uh, cool time now. But I look forward to your uh, imminent win for chair of the Libertarian National Committee, and thank you for everything that you're doing.
1: Thank you. Thanks so much for having me, and thanks for laying all that groundwork you did.
0: Uh, Of course. I'll talk to you later. Thanks. All right, guys. Another awesome show on Break the Cycle. Thank you guys so much for checking us out. Definitely, definitely, definitely go and support Angela. Whether it be financially, whether it be through the party, if you can join your local affiliate and your state party, become a delegate to the National Convention. It's going to be at the uh, the Golden Nugget in Reno, Sparks, Nevada in 2022. I think it's July. Uh, if you guys have never been to Reno, I call it Little Dirty Vegas. It's a lot of fun. Uh, bringing 1,200 Libertarians there is going to be wildly insane. You're going to love it. Definitely go check it out. Uh, also, check out my sponsors, laurenzotti.coffee for all your delicious Italian coffee needs delivered directly to your door. Bring the taste of Italy home. Use BTC at checkout for a 10% discount. And, of course, TopLobster.com, my friend, my partner, uh, the man who does all of the art for the show – Go check him out, man. you got awesome stuff. You can also show your support for the Tower Gang by going and buying the shirt on Top Lobster. Use BTC at checkout for a 10% discount. And now there's a new perk to my Patreon uh, with Top Lobster. He's putting out new designs all the time. You have an opportunity, if you if you become the $5 a month or more tier, um, in the Discord chat, he will drop his designs there first. You'll have about two weeks to buy new Top Lobster designs at a 30% discount, which is insane. You're going to be able to get shirts for like 15 bucks. Awesome, awesome, awesome stuff. Go check out the Patreon at patreon.com backslash BreakTheCycleJS, but go to Top Lobster and give that man your money. Use BTC at checkout for the normal 10% discount from the show. And of course, executive producers of the show, AnthemPlanning.com. Wonderful people. They are emergency and crisis planning needs. They can help you out your business or your personal life. Check them out. See what they can do for you today. Coming up on the show, uh, Friday, I'm going to have Olivia Rondell on the show. I'm super excited for this one. She is a uh, liberty, uh, liberty-leaning, Liberty independent, conservative. Uh, she's also a collegiate wrestler, and she's a badass. I'm very excited to talk uh, not just liberty with her, but also wrestling. If you didn't know, I was a wrestler for about 14 years, so should be a good conversation. And then next Monday, We're going to have the godfather of the Mises Caucus himself, Michael Heiss, on the show. I'm so excited. Uh, He's become one of my best friends over the last four years. We've been through absolute hell together. So uh, you're not going to want to miss that show. It's going to be a lot of fun. Hopefully he won't chew gum on my show. We'll see, though. And uh, next Wednesday we're going to have Brian Nichols from The Brian Nichols Show on. This is one of the nicest guys in the world. We talked a lot about how nice Tom Woods is. If you could take it a level above Tom Woods and nice factor, it's Brian Nichols. He's a wonderful dude. I'm very excited to have him on. Nobody uh, nobody talks more about how to message and bring liberty people to the libertarian movement than Brian Nichols. So it's going to be a fun one. And then the following Friday, I'll have my friend Josh Sibulski on who wrote a wonderful book. We're going to talk all about it. Um, Check out the Patreon. Like I said, if you can, please check out the Patreon.com backslash uh, BreakTheCycleJS or Subscribestar.com backslash BreakTheCycleJS. Either one, uh, help me support the show, uh, make the show a full-time thing. I'm, trying to, I'm getting to a point now where I'm doing three shows a week, but I will continue probably doing four shows a week next month and uh, eventually would like to do five to six shows a week. Um, but I need your guys support so if you can help me out go check out the patreon or Subscribestar. star There's really awesome tiers on there You can get yourself some cool gear exclusive gear that nobody else can get the mug club uh, Where you get an awesome mug and you get into the discord chat uh, I will start doing a li- lot live uh, AMAs and stuff like that with the patrons But I'm also going to be doing that with the new function here on, on YouTube where you can join a membership on YouTube and become a member of this channel You get awesome badges hand-drawn by Top Lobster and also awesome custom uh, emojis. So please check all that stuff out. I appreciate you guys. I will see you Friday for the show with Olivia Rondau. But until then, don't forget to break the cycle. To the legal reasons, I just have to explain. The lyrics of my last song may seem to contain
1: A violent call to action in the verse and the frame But I just stand in Minecraft The helicopter part was in reference to GTA V
0: and the things you do So any violence you commit, I am not an excuse Because I just it in Minecraft What chipper is my friend and he's constantly cold Accusations of incitement getting totally old Make your own choices, yeah, you have control Because I just it in Minecraft Obviously, I would never advocate force Unless there's due process and a trial, of course And if you're convicted, we will make you a corpse In Minecraft, just in Minecraft Good.
1: Nothing, I mean, you know it No product, theaters because close COVID Holy shit, I think I'm a poet. In Minecraft